sort of, kind of. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you have your pew Bible, then we'll look to Psalm 51. It's on page 405. While you're turning there, I have a couple of questions. How's everyone doing today? Everyone doing great? Sort of, kind of? Not too good? Uh, heat, humidity, spinning up, that can take a lot out of you. Uh, news back home can always bring one down or lift one up. Uh, there's one constant, and the constant is Jesus Christ in our life. And that is the foundation that we operate on. I just want to remind you of one thing. I realize the United States Air Force or Army or Navy or Marine, someone uh, from your organization gave you a piece of paper that told you you needed to be here. Right? Did anyone show up without a piece of paper? Okay, I see one hand. So did you get a direct order? Did someone say, you need to go, and you said, here am I, send me? Well, let me just remind, get to the bottom line and remind you the truth. You are here for a reason. You are here for a purpose. Don't get so caught up in the day-to-day that you forget the reason and the purpose that you're here. And you may not know exactly what it is right now. You will know. Amen? Amen. All right. Psalm 51, if you, if you have found it. You there? Okay. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. This is from the director of music, a psalm of David, when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, I ask now that you lead us in this time. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts. Open our hearts, open our minds, give us a teachable spirit, listening ears, a receptive spirit to your word. May it speak to our hearts and lives, and may we take it, apply it, and use it each and every day. May we turn not from your word. 
May we choose your path, your way for our lives. May you remind us each day that you have sent us here for a reason and a purpose. We thank you, Lord, for all you have done, are doing, and will do in our lives each and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to share a story with you. It's a story of tradition, and it is about a building contractor, a building contractor that was, had a great reputation. Anyone know a building contractor with a great reputation? Okay, I know one. Uh, he built the house my wife grew up in. I met him at Lowe's, and he told me that he built the house to last for 100 years. Uh, we're, we're getting close. No, <laughs> we're about halfway there. Uh, nevertheless, he, he basically uh, introduced in that community zoning laws and building codes. And he was foundational in that community how to build solid foundational houses that would last for a very long time. So this very similar to the building contractor I'm talking about. So he had that reputation. And, and in building this house, he, he had the very solid foundation that he started with. And then he built it up from, from the very foundation and and how to use the, the best materials, how to use the best methods to build a strong house that will last for a very long time. All the way foundation to roof, what kind of insulation, what kind of shingles, you know, you, you name it, he had it. Well, his son was, was of age where he was uh, dating a young lady, was going to soon be married, and he decided to teach the family trade to his son. So he taught him how to build a house from foundation to roof, how to use the best materials, how to use the best uh, methods to build. And so finally one day he looked at his son, he said, son, I think it's time. Here's the crew, go get the materials, you build the house, here's the property. So the son, he was very excited because this was his first chance because he had learned laboring with his father that there were other contractors and they knew how to take some shortcuts here and there. Lesser grade materials. Covering up some of the shortcuts with putty and paint. Using the old adage, putty and paint will make it what it ain't. And so therefore, he built that, that house, foundation to roof, and what he did not know is his father came and inspected every day. And so his father saw exactly what the son was doing. And so at the very end, when he finished, he said, Dad, I'm done. Uh, I want you to come take a look at the house. So the, the, the father brought the, his wife with him and the son's there with his girlfriend. He's engaged at this point. And so the father looked at the son after going through the house. He put his arm around his wife. He said, son, we are so proud of you. We're so proud that we think it's only fitting that this be our gift to you and your fiancé as a wedding gift, and this will be your house for the rest of your life. The son's heart sank because he realized he was going to have to then live with all those mistakes and shortcuts that he had covered up 
the rest of his life. It's a great story because there's a great moral in that that we can learn from. And it parallels this story that's laid out about King David. King David, you remember the young shepherd boy that's, uh, that uh, took care of the flock and, and uh, wrote songs, sang, praised the Lord, and, and, and the hand of the Lord helped him uh, with the bear and the lion to protect his sheep. And then he went on and he faced Goliath and he, he took that one smooth stone and sunk it into Goliath's forehead. This is the same David that grew up to be the king. Saul was after him because uh, Saul had uh, slew his thousand and David his ten thousand because he was a great and mighty warrior. And because of that, God's hand was upon David. And David loved the Lord. And the Lord loved David. Nevertheless, we come to this psalm and David, what had he done? Well, he was the king of the land so he could have anything he wanted. And it came time, they were in battle, and he had an affair with Bathsheba. Now, let's make sure we, we've got this. Bathsheba was not David's wife, right? As, uh, someone, someone else's wife. Now, David had more than one, right? That's right. So this goes on that he could have, you know, had more than one wife. Nevertheless, he wanted something he did not have. He saw that. This is someone after God's own heart. So it, as we follow 2 Samuel, then the next thing David does is he brings Bathsheba's husband home because she's pregnant said, okay, we'll just cover this up. This will be easy, right? I'm sure that's not a, a, a new idea, right? It was new to David, but I'm sure it's not new today. Someone uh, said, oh, I've got a great idea. She's pregnant, so we'll just get the husband. We'll get them together, and nobody will ever know the difference. Right, this is not a new idea. This has been going on for centuries. Still, it's wrong. At, at the end of the day, it's still wrong. So what is the next thing that happens? Uriah comes back, and so instead of going to... I'm breaking up here. Uh, instead of going to his wife, he goes and he sleeps at the gate of the king to protect the king. And he will not leave his post. Now, is that a good soldier? Now, how many of us would do that? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm out of here. <laughs> Uh, you mean I get to go see my wife? Uh, forget it. I'm good. Uh, yeah, they'll take care of it. They're well trained. So then David sends Uriah into battle with his own uh, death sentence in hand, a letter. And Joab sends him to the heat of the battle and then everyone uh, pulls back and he is killed in battle. So now, Bathsheba doesn't have a husband, so David can just bring her in, right? That is this point where Nathan, the prophet, has to go in to David and really has to share a, a very difficult story. Uh, King, you're wrong. You have sinned, and you need to straighten this out because... 
it is wrong what you did. So he uses a story similar to what I did, and he tells a story about a traveler that was coming, and so the guest wanted to have something special, and so he wanted a lamb, and so he goes to this uh, to uh, uh, one of the people there, and he takes their only ewe lamb, their little family pet, and wants to kill that. Now this this uh, the guest has many to choose from, but he goes somewhere else and takes the only one. And so it's a very sad story, isn't it? Because it's the family pet. It drank from the cup of the, of the, of the, the father. And the family just loved it. And they took that, slew it, and offered that for the guest that was coming. And so David was hot. He was burned with anger. And he said, well, this is what's going to happen. That person's going to... Uh, die. They're going to pay fourfold. They're going to give back for what they have done. He, as the mouth of the king, gave his own sentence for what he had done without even realizing that. So here's the whole back story that leads up to Psalm 51. So Nathan showed great integrity because he had to go to the, the chief of chiefs, the commander of commanders, the ruler, the head one, the king, and say, you're wrong. And so David could have quickly said, off with his head, or out of here, ban him. Just one word, whatever the king speaks, that is the law. King David spoke that law, and in doing so, he sentenced himself. So Nathan went on to say the word of the Lord. And that is, you will not die. But the sword will not depart from your house. The sword that you use to, to slay Uriah through um, a piece of paper and some actions will not depart from your house. So at Absalom, Ammon, and Adonijah all died with that same sword. Absalom was so rebellious, these are David's three sons, so rebellious that it is later on in Scripture, read that for yourself, he really acted out and died in a very tragic way. So that never left. And then to tell him that the child would die. I mean, this, this was a crushing blow. This was a crushing situation. And David in that moment realized that he had sinned. And that is when he repented of what he had done. He had taken the word of the prophet to heart because God had been in David's heart all along. So it wasn't a novel thing for him. And then at that moment we go to Psalm 51. And he, he then just lays out in song and, and laments about what he had done and how the Lord was there with him. There was a reason and a purpose for everything, and there was a reason that God was within his life and had led him and brought him back. Okay, so now we're up to that point. The question that's asked is, how did David get in that mess to begin with? Have you ever asked yourself that question, how did I get into this mess? Or have you ever looked at someone else's life and said, how did they ever get into that mess? Okay, four simple things. Uh, next slide. And this is 2 Samuel 11.1. 1. This starts out 
that David was at the wrong place. Have you ever asked yourself, are you at the right place? In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites, besieged Rabbi, but David remained in Jerusalem. Where was the king supposed to be? At war. And where was he? Not at war. Are you at the right place? That's the question to ask, if you're in the right place. Have you ever been at the wrong place? Oh, trust me, I've been there. I've been at the wrong place, and I've been there at the wrong time. And the temptation there is to do the wrong thing. We've been there, being at the right place, staying on course, staying on the mission. God has sent you here for a reason and a purpose. So stay in the right place. Stay on point. Stay on path as far as God's leading in your life. So next slide. David had the wrong time. One evening David got up from his bed. Now number one, if he had been with the army, he would have been too tired to be up in the middle of the night, right? Unless you just got off a rotator, you have an excuse of being up in the middle of the night. Unless that is your work duty time. So then that would, what it would apply here is up in the middle of the day. But my grandmother used to say, nothing good happens after 10 o'clock. My parents paraphrased that to say, nothing good happens after midnight. My kids say, oh, the good stuff only starts at 2 a.m. <laughs> so, and they're adults now, so. Uh, my son has a grandson. I, my son has a son, my grandson, yeah. <laughs> if he has a grandson, we don't know about it. <laughs> and that's even a better thing. So now, these words mean a whole lot more to him now than they did uh, two years ago. But he was deployed two years ago uh, into this AOR. So a year ago, I was here. And I said, son, is there a word that I can give everyone? You know, there, you know, many of them coming to the end. He said, tell them they can make it. Faith in God can get you through a multitude of difficult times. I said, man, that's, that's a pretty good word. I said, do you mind if I, sh I share that? He said, please do. He said, it helped me through my deployment. And he said, just remind them they can do it. They can make it. So the wrong place. Got up from his bed, walked around the roof. Uh, the roof of the palace, and then he looked off and he saw a woman bathing. Now, so rather than, you know, turning away and going the other way, what did he do? He just continued to look, and he saw she was beautiful. So he sent someone, hey, go find out about this woman. Now, that, that does not happen here, right? I mean, we don't see someone in the deep back and someone say, hey, who is that? Let's go find out more about them. That doesn't happen here, right? There's enough chuckles to know that, and enough smiles. Yes, it does. Happens all the time. The wrong time. She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah. So, 
if David had not been up in the middle of the night, would he have seen this beautiful woman and would he have continued to look onto her and lust after her? It's the lustful part that had him at the wrong time. Wrong place, wrong time. Next slide. Doing the wrong thing. So he then said, hey, go get her. Bring her over. We'll have a cup of tea. I'm sure that's what David had in mind, right? No, she came to him and he slept with her. So, doing the wrong thing. So, wrong place, wrong time, wrong thing. You wonder how David got into this? This is leading up. So you have to ask yourself, every day, am I doing the right thing? Am I at the right place doing the right thing? Is this the right time? Now the next slide. The wrong choice. By choosing to follow through, then the woman conceived, sent word to David that she was pregnant, and then he put a plan into action to cover up with Uriah, and then secondly, when Uriah would not go to his home, he then sent him back into battle and had him killed, murdered. So you ask, how did David get into this mess? That's how he did it. Wrong place. Wrong time. Wrong thing. Wrong choice. All of that was just really bad. So then when David was convicted of this is where Psalm 51 comes in. So that, that's where really the, the heart of the message is. So let me, let me just ask, let me ask you a question. Nathan visits, he tells the story, he gets David's attention, David repents, he writes Psalm 51. Does any of that relate to you? Have you ever been there? My theology and my belief is God has a reason and a purpose, and there's a time to be at a certain place at a certain time. Because I don't know who I'm going to intersect with. I don't know what circumstance is going to happen. But I know if I just stay focused on where God needs me, I'll be where he needs me when he needs me there. Because he already knows. Uh, thanks for pointing out uh, all the travel that I have done. And uh, Senior Master Sergeant Donnie Barton has been right there by my side. And we travel very well together. Because we don't get anxious when we're waiting on aircraft. Okay, it's canceled. We've been bumped. It's been delayed. It's okay. We just roll with whatever is presented to us because we realize that flying is very important. And you want to ensure that things are right when you fly. <laughs> we sat on the tarmac at Doha for three and a half hours because they needed to change the flight control panel. I don't know, that sounds like it might be important. <laughs> it's not like a little fuse that controls the outlet in the lavatory. It sounds like it's pretty big. So, but there were people, they became instantly agitated, demanded to be taken off the aircraft and rebooked on another flight. There wasn't another flight. And 
three and a half hours later, they were back on the aircraft. Oh, by the way, they had to take all their luggage out, so that took time. Then they had to make sure that all the luggage on the aircraft, I'm sorry, I'm, dig I'm digressing, but I'm just letting you know, people got very agitated. They got very upset. We slept. We read a book. I mean, what do you do? There are times there's a reason that we're waiting. And so we become very, the instant uh, gratification generation, right, microwave? Now the Keurig is not fast enough. <laughs> Thank you for a Keurig. <laughs> Used to be powder with hot water, right? So we're thankful for that. But also, what does God have planned for us? So we go back to Psalm 51. And if we, if we look at asking ourselves every day, starting in verse 10, Lord, create in me a clean heart, a pure heart, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take away your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. That's part one. That is coming every morning with the right attitude. Saying, Lord, here am I. Take the sin from my life, remove it, and then make me whiter than snow, and then let me serve you. Then I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners will be returned to you. Do you remember the house builder's son? His heart sank. When you come to that realization that you're not Jesus, which means that you're not sinless, because many people say, well, where did David go off track? And they go all the way, well, it was back in Adam and Eve. They had a choice, and they chose to be like God and believe the lie of lies from Satan. That's where a lot of people go. No, it has to do with the choices. And it's the selfless heart that is servant-focused on Christ versus the selfish heart that is laser-focused on ourselves. The son's heart sank. He'd have to live with those mistakes the rest of his life and the only way he could repair it was really to dismantle the house and correct what he had done wrong. This morning, you know, you may have been here less than a week or you may be leaving in less than a week. Maybe a few days. It doesn't matter, but what is God's word telling you? That's really the question. That's the takeaway. If you're wondering, okay, chaplain, what's the bottom line? The bottom line is, where are you in relationship to God this morning? What is God's word telling you? What is his Holy Spirit prompting you? And in God's eyes, are you at the right place? Are you at the right time, doing the right thing and making the right choices in your life? My prayer is that each and every morning you'll remember those words from Psalm 51. And the prayer not be after the fact, but before you ever start. Lord, lead me, take me, mold me, make me, use me for your honor and glory. You're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. Find it. 
move out on it and stay faithful in God's calling for your life. Let us pray. Lord, I just pray now that you speak to our hearts and that you give us that left and right vector that we need. Ensure that you focus us in the right direction. And Lord, when we don't want to listen and when we want to just, you know, not be at war when everyone else is. And if we want to be out in the middle of the night looking out on all the things we can't have and then try to make decisions to have what we shouldn't have. Lord, melt our callous heart and make it tender and close to relationship with you. May your Holy Spirit convict us and prompt us and prod us and pull us back. And may we turn from our wickedness, from our desire for sin, and turn back to you every day. For Lord, you love us. Your arms are, are around us. You want to hold us, but at the same time, you do not stop us. We must choose every day to draw closer to you. Lord, lead us each day in our lives. And may all we say, may all we do, bring honor and glory to you and you alone. For it is in the holy and precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.